never say die! Hello everybody and welcome to show 128 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I've always believed the books transport you into another dimension full of wonder and mystery. Except Jane Austen. That transports you into a small room where the heat's up just a little too high and your cousin's glad to see you so she can tell you about all of her problems. <laughs> the last word made that funny. <laughs> I, I I heard the air quotes on that. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so this week we are talking about reading. All right. We had thought All about right. doing uh, a show of us just reading, and then we realized that would be akin to the mime show, 40 Minutes of Dead Silence. Yeah, and we talked about uh, looking at uh, various fantasy novels. I mean, we may still try to do that, but it's real rough if we haven't already read both of then and now to get four guys on the same page, for lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, two of which are barely literate. We'll let you figure out which ones are those. <laughs> Who said that? Maybe how you been? How you been? So uh, <laughs> you will not quote that song, sir. <laughs> uh, if you are a new listener to Forty Going on Fourteen and uh, missed some of our archives, they are rapidly getting put up on all the major podcasting directories: iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher. The whole thing's up on Talkshoe. And uh, there are a couple of different shows that I think we could probably recommend as pretty good entry points, like the fast food show, maybe Wolverine, definitely <laughs> episode 40, who tells yeah. you, uh, like, who we are and why yeah. you should care. 40. The Peter Pan show. Peter Pan yeah, show. Not yes. the Peter Pan show. Stay away no, from don't, Peter yeah. Pan and Shaft. In fact, yeah. Was, was Shaft really that bad? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm not putting it on it the was, top 10 list. Okay. It wasn't Peter Pan bad. Show 81. <laughs> Check out show 81. That is my favorite. Which one's show 81? The Mime Show. Oh, the Mime Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check out the Billboard shows. Yeah. Or show 100, the Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. In, the, in yeah, fact, you, top music you know what? Jump in any 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 show whatsoever except for Peter Pan and you should be all right. <laughs> uh, and if you know, you're naming every show but the Peter Pan show. Yeah. If you'd like to uh, check us out pseudo live, maybe you're actually doing that now. You can always find us Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio yes. in between stick twiddlers and turnbuckle throwbacks. Yeah. yeah. I remembered. I know. I saw it wasn't there. I was like, oh, is he going to need help? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, like Josh said, you can find us there. If you want to give us some suggestions, you know, if you know some movies or things that we can talk about. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And I and understand... And if you want to hear about the prisoner, you'll get brownie points from me. You don't want his brownie points. Trust <laughs> me on only that. eat half of whatever yeah. he gives you. If he gives you a... real brownies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, here we got some uh, some feedback this week. Uh, absolutely. We've at least got a voicemail. Ah, very nice. Can't remember. Do, do we also have emails this yeah, week? Yeah, we have an email. All right, you cue that up. I'll cue this up. Cued. How do you cue up an email? I don't know. Very carefully. Hey, fuckers. Here's a novel idea. If you played the voicemails I called in, you wouldn't need shitty impersonators like Luke or that other fucking guy. All right, so uh, let's talk about reading for a moment. Uh, in high school, I read uh, I read some some uh, tactical goofiness fiction, uh, Rogue Warrior series by Richard Marcinko. 
Uh, I read some science fiction such as Greg Bear, uh, Keith Laumer's Bolo series about uh, self-aware robotic tanks. And then I took a very weird shift and I read uh, some a lot of Tolstoy actually. Uh, he's got a there's an actually excellent collection of short Russian folk stories that uh, that he published near the end of his life that are fantastic. And uh, War and Peace from uh, Dostoevsky. More recently, I've been reading uh, Benham, James Fenimore Cooper, a letter stocking series, and I'm kind of thinking about possibly reading the uh, Ender's Game, but uh, I think I'm going to stick with uh, Cooper for a while. And I have also written Patterson. Uh, uh, he's got a collection of short stories that was released shortly after the uh, the I Am Legend movie with Will Smith, a fucking abortion of a film. And uh, it's got his original short story in it of I Am Legend and several others. And that man was fucked up, like a lot fucked up. But you want to know what I was reading? That's what I read. Uh, I used to read strictly books. Uh, I'd like paperbacks for the most part just because he didn't care if he destroyed them. But I've going? always had a soft spot <laughs> in my heart for the hardcovers just because it feels more booky. Uh, I had a Kindle for a while until I left on top of my car and drove around town. And uh, most recently, I've been reading on my phone, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but I'm not going to buy another Kindle for me to destroy. And uh, if you're wondering about the background noise, it's because I'm on the road again to a mic near you. See you soon, buddy. See you soon. Adequate. Sounded like a recipe for a serial killer right there. <laughs> I love how he hasn't called in for a while, so he just said, you know what, we're just going to make one voicemail that's long enough to have been all of the weeks I missed. Yeah, especially the fact, I think he's kind of upset that we've got some replacement Charlies in here. <laughs> um, not be ignored. Mm. Uh, I was reaching for the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with him on I Am Legend. Like, the short story was so good. And the uh, I think we've talked about this on the podcast during the Will Smith episode, how the uh, original ending of the movie that got cut after focus groups was actually much better than what they ended up putting out. Oh, yeah. I've, re- I've I've read the books and I tried to, I'm trying to get uh, Katie to read I Am Legend too because I think that she would totally dig that whole concept. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah. So uh, in the meantime, we got a uh, email from Tommy the Duck who says, "Are you guys crazy? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is every bit as good today as it was back then. It's still in our regular rotation. The second one I never cared for, even when it was new. Ducks to the front. Tommy the Duck." I will agree with him. It's just as good as it ever was. <laughs> but you didn't like it. <laughs> uh, we've also got a series of tweets. Ooh. Uh, two from Maybellina and one from uh, Joe Dane. Really? Uh, Maybellina says, I, uh, first she's talking about our uh, handheld video game show. I had a Nintendo DS a few years back. Love playing Scribblenauts, Brain Games, and Zelda. Sold everything on Craigslist, though. Frowny face. Scribblenauts oh. is awesome. Especially, have you played the D... Played oh, it. Pat, you would completely love this game. It's... I don't know how to describe it. You 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 have to get the uh, star out of the tree. Write in a <laughs> word, and it will appear on the screen. So if you write in ladder, a ladder will drop out of the sky, and you can use a ladder to climb up in the tree. If you type, That's pretty cool. If you write elephant, an elephant will come in. So you have to use figure out whatever it is that you can figure out to... Uh, to Rowan Atkinson. It, you, I'm not saying it won't work. There is a yeah. uh, DC superheroes version of it where you can write like Green Lantern and Green Lantern will fly in and help you out. So it's like Zork. I always thought it was awesome that from the very first game you could write Cthulhu. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's actually awesome. <laughs> if you can spell it, he'll come. Uh, again from Maybellina. I so wish Formation by Beyonce was out when 40 Go 14 did their top 10 show because I have no life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering uh, how much we love controversy here, yeah, maybe next time. What did I miss? I don't know uh, that song. That, that was the, the big video that was debuted uh, at a halftime at the Super Bowl that uh, had all sorts of controversy uh, surrounding it. I don't uh. want to get into specifically what or take any sort of stand whatsoever well all right then uh in that case really, i'm, I'm against the it black lives matter movement yeah yeah oh uh, uh on to further twitter uh from at zombie archivist our friend joseph dane uh it's a good uh this is a good opportunity to do a pokemon show this year since it is the 20th anniversary also pokemon go releases this year for phones oh fuck yeah i'm looking forward to that Oh, yeah, Pokemon Go is done by the same team that did Ingress. Yes. So, do, you, do you know I, about this, uh, uh, Pat? I've never played or touched or anything of Pokemon. Oh, come on. <laughs> I've never touched, touched a Pokemon, Pokemon in <laughs> that way. Show me on the doll where Patrick I mean, I, all I know is, like, um... Gotta stroke them all. Yeah, I know the whole gotta catch them all, and there's some Asian character with a hat. Ash, yeah. Yeah. Ash, there, there you go. And um, there's, like... All kinds of weird creatures. Squirtle. <clears throat> well, it's yeah. Like I'll, like I'll recognize na- some of the <clears throat> more popular names. Like I know Squirtle and I know Pikachu. Yeah, and the, like if you say other names, I'll know them. But I would never. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, the Ingress game is like a, a geolocated game. So what they're basically doing is making this into this geolocation game into like a Pokemon game where you can literally be out playing, and there'll be one where you will hold up your phone and you'll see it. And you can fight it and catch it and that sort of thing, and then battle people that are nearby you and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, Ingress is interesting because you go from monument to monument. And there are two teams, but it's basically a glorified capture the flag with a little bit of like there's a plot going on with this weird like X Files ish thing. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to the gameplay, it's really like I attack a portal or I defend a portal or make a portal. Yeah, and you basically it's basically a um uh see how much oh space you can claim right because if you get three portals that are in like a triangle yeah all of the population <clears throat> real world that is in that triangle is counted for your faction uh regular listener of podcasts in general nikki from georgia plays that constantly that's like her thing yeah mike and i both play and we're on different sides yep <laughs> but i think what's most interesting about the whole idea of taking pokemon to that world is it's not just a capture the flag to big teams globally thing you're actually being a pokemon trainer and you might go to a place somewhere in the world where this is the only place you could catch mewtwo or something i don't know i'm interested to see what they do with it though yeah go to uh, thailand it's the only place you can catch the infamous crotch crab (laughs) (laughs) wow not the only place (laughs) all right so that signifies that it's uh about that time oh it's so about that time please this week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. And <laughs> I couldn't remember. If it, I was going to make a joke, but I couldn't remember if it was Dr. No-No's or Mr. No-No's in time. And by the time it finally came to me, it was too late. It's Mr. No-No. <laughs> he hasn't been here in a while. That's why I couldn't remember if he was a doctor or not.
Oh, yeah, that's that's a inside joke from the past. Like I don't think yeah. we've heard from Mister Nono's this calendar year. Yeah, no, I, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, on vacation behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this weekend I chose the year nineteen ninety, specifically November eighteenth, mm. the release day of Stephen King's It. So I thought back, I'm trying to think back to a book that probably all four of us have read, and I think it may be one of them. Is that true? I have. I have. No. Nope. No. That's actually one of the things I'm going to be talking about, is how he's one of the authors I haven't read enough of. Mm. That's mm. a good good guess, though. That's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid guess. All right. We've all so... read the Bible, though, right? <clears throat> we could do that day. All of it? Yes. I've read it through actually it's not a great read when you read it straight through yeah definitely i have to agree with you on that one front to back it's not exactly a great uh a great read so but anyway music the number one song in america is love takes time by mariah carey so does a bunt cake that was actually the uh, second choice for the titles <laughs> bunt cakes take time by mariah carey i don't know i don't know this song by paula dean <laughs> Put in a little butter. I don't think I remember Love Takes Time. I betcha that's the one where she sings really high, though. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a balloon. Where she goes all over the register, yeah, up and down the ox. Yeah. You know that song. I'm 100% you know that song. Yeah, sing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do know it, but uh, if for some reason, like, I, since, I don't know. All right. So I like <laughs> that sentence. I like Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's not popular to like her anymore, but I do. Nick Cannon likes her. I don't even know about that. <laughs> so November 15th, 1990, German music producer Frank Farian, or Farian, we say it in the original German, confirms the rumors and acknowledges that Millie Vanilli didn't sing on their debut album. As a result of American media pressure, Millie Vanilli's Grammy was withdrawn four days later. And given to Mariah Carey. <laughs> Not long after. One of them killed himself. By the law of averages, there, there must be at least one person out there with a Millie Vanilli tattoo. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I had the cassette. Does that count? No. Did you sew it to your leg? Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> cassette tape versus tattoo. I think you may be confusing the things. <laughs> Explain how many tattoos you have. Wondering why <laughs> they're not playing any music. <laughs> I just want to see that fight. Cassette tape versus tattoo. Edit that out. That was yeah. Bad. No, the plane, the plane. Yeah, that was yeah. a Joel joke that oh. didn't even didn't even warrant Joel's. I should have gone with the pain. <laughs> so, November seventeenth. Fix that in post, would you? No. Get rid of that. Uh, David Crosby breaks his left leg, ankle, and shoulder in a motorcycle accident in Los Angeles, California. Police report that he was speeding, but surprisingly sober. And he vowed to never be so again. <laughs> exactly. <He's laughs> like, That's what I wrecked. You see what happens. When I don't... When I don't have LSD in me. Right. Uh, also, this time in the uh, 1990, Mick Jagger weds longtime girlfriend Jerry Hall on November 21st. The same no. year she does her amazing scene in Batman. What? Wasn't she in Batman? Yes. I don't think oh, was she? Yeah, she was, uh, she was Joker's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, wow. Apparently, <clears throat> in 1999, the uh, marriage was declared null and void. <gasps> Yeah, because they got married in Bali. Interesting. So you yeah. can't get married in Bali? It was some kind of like quirky religion. Like, like It would be like if you got married by a Scientologist. Oh, okay. Huh. All right, so uh, movies. Home Alone begins its stranglehold on the number one spot when it's released on November 18th. 
Other movies that are out in this time are Dances with Wolves, Rocky Five, 3 M and ALL. That is the acronym of the week. Yes, that would be three midgets and a large labia. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. Oh man, it was pretty good. Do yeah. not Google that. <laughs> and Predator Two. Uh, so three, three M <laughs> looks like a three midgets and a large labia. Still better than Predator Two. Oh. Three men and a little lady. That was equal to three men and a baby. Still barely better than Predator Two. <laughs> yeah, Predator Two was awful. I'm too old for it this. Was it better than uh, Look Who's Talking to? Yep. Look Who's Talking Now. <coughs> Why Look Who's Still that? Talking. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let that go. But So, uh, Roald Dahl wrote many classic children's books, including James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, and the Fantastic Mr. Fox. None of that helped on November 23rd when he died of a syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Milios. Plastic. Mali- is that a, that? That's a word. What Mili-otis is that? Plastic. Mili-otis yeah. What does that mean? I mean? What? What is that? Oh. Uh. Doesn't well, sound good. Your, it's a blood disease that eventually causes your body to shut down. Basically. Ooh, it's a bone marrow disease. Ah. Yeah. Oh man, poor dude. And remember, if you're talking about Roald Dahl, don't forward that thing about snozberries. It's bullshit. Friends yeah. don't let friends cite crack.com as a source. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What? You've you've seen that article, right? I was just going to forward it to you. About yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm you're just about done with this show, Joel. Fix <laughs> me in post. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. And there we go again. All right. So TV. The top shows are Cheers, sixty minutes, A Different World, and Murphy Brown. That's pretty <clears throat> varied for shows, right there. Yeah, that's all over the place, really. I love Murphy Brown. I had, I had, it, it was it was good when it was good, and when it was bad, it was pretty bad. What was the name of the angry old man at the end of 60 Minutes? Andy uh, Rooney. Yeah. Andy. I'm Andy Rooney. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> and my eyebrows are taking over my face. <laughs> Expect him with just one big eyebrow. <laughs> and Oh, man, this is sad. Chippendale Rescue Rangers airs its final show on November 18th. Yeah, they need to bring that back. Not not redo it. Just bring it back. Just start yeah, showing just it again. Make new episodes. Yeah, don't don't make anything new. Just start doing it again. Bring that Darkwing Duck. Um, what was Ducktales? Uh, Tailspin. Oh yeah, that was actually a... of all of those. I- I'm least excited about Darkwing Duck. What? Yeah, I know. That's surprising. I know I'm in, know I'm in the minority. I've never seen one episode of any of those shows. <clears throat> what? Bring back the Storks, dude. You don't have to fake it. We all know you're all about the popples. Ooh, I watched that show too. Manchichi, Manchichi. <laughs> you know what would make this weekend great? If we found a Manchichi. <laughs> man, I'd make any deep, weekend great. That's okay. a deep cut, man. <clears throat> that yeah. is way far back machine. Uh, oh. So, Sarah Jane Highland was born November 24th in New York. She gained her first major role as Haley Dumphy on Modern Family, for which she received critical acclaim and numerous accolades and nominations. Was Haley the older one or the younger <clears throat> one? The older one, I believe, but I'm okay. not 100% on that. Can't say. Don't. Never seen it. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah I've, I've never watched it. it. Yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've heard good things about it, but I've just never watched it. Yeah. I mean, it's middle-of-the-road, inoffensive, uh, shooting at, like, broad audience sitcom, but for what it is, it's pretty well done. Okay. So, yeah, I've, I've seen clips of it here and there, and, it, you know, what I've seen is pretty funny. Yeah. Needs more Kadeem Hardison. 
Does into everything. So sports ham tonight that needed some more Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> ham? Hmm? Okay, so sports. Kadeem Hamison. The Oakland A's Bob Welch wins the Cy the uh American League Cy Young Award. <laughs> As we like to call it, the Al Cy Young Award. <laughs> Didn't get me Every that time, time I see it, it cracks me up. <laughs> On November thirteenth. The following day, Doug Drabek, 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 Drabek wins the National League Cy Young Award for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And there you go. Uh, also, the inaugural Solheim Cup competition takes place in Orlando, Florida at uh, Lake Nona Golf and Country Club from November 16th to November 18th in 1990. The United States team beat the European team 11.5 points to 4.5 points. Does anybody know what sport that was? Golf. golf. Wait, you can get half points in golf? It, it, it was um, like a tournament type thing where you only got points if your team did well. And so, you know, it wasn't like, you know, strokes or anything. It was just like if your team won <clears> 18 <throat> holes by X amount of strokes, then you got, you know, one point or two points or whatever. Oh, okay. Mm. That was what threw me. Yeah. Ted Nugent would be awesome at golf. Why, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Joel. Get it out. Stroke me, stroke me. That's Ted Nugent. That's what I said. I mean, I mean, not Ted. You that's not Ted. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Fix me in post. <laughs> so you know who did not sing "Stroke Me" is Saeed oh. Anwar, though I would probably that's pay money to said. hear that. <laughs> uh, he's a former Pakistani cricketer who was outstanding opener in a Test cricket and occasional slow left arm orthodox bowler. The hell did I just say? <laughs> Don't ask me. I just typed it. Okay. He played 55 test matches for Pakistan and scored 4,052 at the average of 45.52. He made his test debut against the West Indies in a match which Pakistan lost at Ibqal Stadium, Falasbad, on November wow. 23, 1990. He got a pair in the match. Curtly Ambrose and Ian Bishop dismissed him in the first and second innings, respectively. I mean, he sounds like he was pretty good at it. Just... Let him pass the test and let him play real ones. Yeah. Who's who's parent is like I swear child currently. We (laughs) I gotta give you props, Mike. That was a pretty wicked paragraph that you just whipped through pretty well. Yeah, I've gone up. Remember last show I discovered I was three beers in? (laughs) And I I can I can be three beers in by the time you get to the three I didn't have any beers left, but I drank half a bottle of wine before I came in, so I figure I'm doing all right. See, the thing is, we can't assume that that's good, because remember there was that one one show where we were like, oh, man, this guy had so many points, he was must have been amazing. And then we got a call from Nikki New Zealand, and she's like, no, that's terrible. This is the a horrible a thing. Goof or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's why he's famous, is because he was the worst ever at cricket. Yeah, I don't... But this guy apparently was pretty good. He was like a leadoff batter in baseball. Apparently. You know what? We should we should start a... Um... Cricket show? Uh, cricket not, match. Yeah, cricket match. I say, what if we do a uh, what is that? What's that web page called where people donate crap? Kickstarter. No. Yeah, we'll Patreon? do a Patreon. Patreon. We'll do a Patreon if we get enough money. We will video us playing a cricket match because can you well, play a cricket we'll video match us attempting <laughs> <laughs> attempting to play cricket? There's actually a cricket uh, field right near uh, my office. I, I was went to go get lunch and there's this little sign that says. You know, Lily Cachet Cricket Field or something like that. I, I, I have, think we might end up kicked out of that field. I'll have to go take a picture <laughs> of it tomorrow. So, that is This weekend, ending on a uh, oft-ignored cricket theme. So, well, it's been a while since we included cricket. Yeah, it has been. I don't know why we don't talk about it more often. <laughs> because uh, we end up with paragraphs like that. I will not be ignored! <laughs> All right, so now the show... 
What just happened so, there? So I was a little slow on the draw. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike said ignored. I'm like, shit, th- that was my cue. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you sure that's your cue? Oh, All right. Let's so, start that again. <laughs> so reading. Now, this is, I think, is is a cool idea, for, but one of the cooler ideas we've had for shows. Did all of us, were all of us big readers back then? I mean, did we, uh, like, I myself pretty much had a paperback in my book, in my bag at all times when I was going to school. Yeah, I've been a reader since I can, re- since as long as I can remember. I, I used to be a voracious reader. And <laughs> concerning, concerning uh, reading and everything... One of my favorite lines that Josh ever said yes. was was concerning reading. So go ahead, Josh. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm oh, talking. I know what you're talking about because uh, I and I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the Origins episode. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh, I have been reading as long as I could talk. Maybe before I just couldn't tell anyone. It's a classic <laughs> Joshism right there. Oh. And the yeah, I think the original way you said it too was. Uh, was I knew how to read. You just straight up said it. It's like, I knew how to read before I could talk. I just couldn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can literally never remember a time where I couldn't read, like, full sentences. I, it boggled my mind when I got into kindergarten and nobody else could read. Like, it was like, I, I don't even know how to, you just read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, like, uh, how do you do this? You just do it. It's like breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i in the same boat as you, Josh, because I think we talked about this in the uh the origin show also, but when I learned to read, I was in kindergarten and going to a Catholic uh, kindergarten, and <clears throat> the uh, the teacher that I had, you know, passing it out, discovered that I could read. Took me to the mother superior. Oh, yeah, right. I'm I'm, the, I'm probably the first person and to wind up going to the right out of you. Yeah, <laughs> first person to get sent to the principal's office for knowing how to read. Um, <laughs> she may she may yeah no right she made me read a couple books and then they called my mom who my mom was in- incredible on read to me all the time for as long as i can remember read to every one of my you know my brother and my sister you know bedtime stories were a standard <laughs> thing and why is that funny <laughs> I'm imagining your mom like with Matthew. It's all Stephen King books, right? She's yeah, she's reading him like the the, the Salmon Rushdie's the Satanic Verses. Yeah, or... Matthew's nine years old. She's reading him The Exorcist, Clive Barker. When we finish this up. We'll read the you know, Amityville Horror. He's like, do you have a RoboCop? <laughs> so, but no, He's, uh, may I have RoboCop? <laughs> but here's here's one of my dark secrets. I've never finished kindergarten because I uh, learned to read. Got pulled in front of Mother Superior. She went to my mom and told her that she had no business teaching me how to read because she's oh. not qualified. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, there's me just rattling off books left and right because, you know, mm-hmm. loving it. And uh, they pulled me out. So I never finished kindergarten. I'm really kind of, there's, a, there's one, like a couple brain cells that are like, they're going to make you go back and finish. Well, <laughs> do you want to hear the counterpoint to that? Um, you still can't <laughs> read. No, not about reading, but. Uh, kindergarten a uh, little secret well it's known to people who know me but i did kindergarten twice so Wait, once when you were after, five and once after high school well <laughs> no, i made up for years kindergarten because my birthday yeah i remember that because uh, you and i were talking about we both had birthday issues and i ended up two years ahead and you ended up doing kindergarten twice yep and i uh, distinctly remember when i went my first year i, I went with a girl named alicia and she went on to first grade. I stayed behind. Her brother, Mark, whose birthday was just a couple of days shy of mine, was in the class with me. He got held back because of his birthday. I went on. And now we, we were then 
each one year apart from each other because of that stupid rule. So I did, yeah, I did kindergarten twice because of my birthday fell outside of the, the time frame. So they held me back. That's I got really good at sandbox. <laughs> but you failed map. I did. But as far as being a reader, my mom was the same way. She used to read every night. She would read books like uh, A Wrinkle in Time or The Chronicles of Narnia, um, the Bible, uh, you know, just anything and everything. And we'd read like a chapter a night. And then when I started to read on my own, I was in kindergarten as well. I didn't read probably at the level you guys were. But um, yeah, I was I was I pretty much enjoyed reading until I hit like high school. Nice. Yeah, I read pretty much everything I could get my hands on. I had um, I would go to book fairs and garage sales and all kinds of stuff. And I had ever since I was was tiny, I've always had a bookcase full of books that I and I don't have books in my bookshelf unless I've read them. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing when I was growing up. My mom would send me up to clean my room and I'd get stuck in a book. You know, literally. Oh yeah, (laughs) he never cleaned his room. You should have seen his books; they were disgusting. Yeah, got stuck to him all the time. I have books that I'm stuck to now. There was a summer reading contest at the local library, and I may have told this story on the show before. Um, Sounds familiar yet? The the (laughs) big prize was this stuffed dog who had like uh, Sherlock Holmes deer. Was that called a deer hunter hat? Oh yeah, the double billed hat. Yeah, and had uh, a magnifying glass and was kind of dressed like Sherlock Holmes. And if you won by reading the most books for the summer. Uh, you got the stuffed animal. And I was like really into this and like really stressing about out about if I was reading enough books to win. And I was just going through a couple of l- young adult books a day. Was it an honor system thing? Well, you had like a sheet you had to fill out and your parents would sign it. <clears throat> but uh, at the end of the summer, I found out that not only did I win, but I had like 200 more books than like the second place. That's a little bit less I like to read and a little bit more OCD. Well, I guess it's like I like to read and I love to win. Mm. (laughs) I think there's a little bit of both of those going on. What was the book that made you like if you you think back to when you read, what is the book that you love? What book did made you want to keep reading? Oh, I got to ask a question when you're done with that. All the way from the beginning. Yeah. Now you're talking the first one. Well, what what would be like if you uh. You remember a book that you're like, oh, my God, I got to read more of this kind, like whether it be, uh, you know, like a Stephen King book or uh, f- uh, the Incredible Mr. Fox or Fantastic Mr. Fox or. It was the, the, the first uh, medieval fantasy book that I read made me fall, made me fall in love with Dungeons and Dragons and made me fall in love with the, the, the movies that I, I mean, that was the, that was it. I mean, it was um, uh, I can't remember who the author was, unfortunately. No, no, no. It was it, it was not a really well known series, but it uh, started with uh, a book. First book was a magician apprentice. And oh, it was magi- about a, oh hmm? shit! I know that one. Yeah, yeah, and it was about a kid named Hug, and I just read the entire series. Uh, I fell in love, and that was the, my first experience ever with like like I said with medieval fantasy, and I've loved it ever since. Um, for me, and this kind of ties in with the question later, but uh, where the wild things are was my gateway book. Oh and yeah. When when I was a kid, after my mom read that to me, I I fell in love with it. And the library, we used to go to the library a lot, and there was um uh there was like a summer program, and it was it was all about reading, of course. And what I did during that summer program was adapted where the wild things are into a stage like play, 
you know, it's like kindergarten kids, but um, my mom helped me write it all out into a play format, and then they put it on at the end of the program. I bet it was better than the movie. Yeah, God, I hated that fucking movie. <clears throat> all right, now Joel just crap. had. Just... I, I, I like the kid who played Max, but oh, I yeah, about now, it. Josh, what about shite. you? What what book was the one that hit you into? You know, I I know I started with like Encyclopedia Brown and the Hardy Boys. Oh yeah, but f- directly from there, <clears throat> I got into Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. That is a great series. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And. Uh, from there, it was into, like, I devoured everything Alfred Hitchcock, like, with everything with his name on it. So it was, like, uh, the Solve It Yourself Mysteries, and then I got into, like, I can't remember the name of the first horror anthology of his that I read, but mm. that just, like, opened my mind when I went from, like, the young adult mysteries that I loved into these darker Things like and t- tales from the night or something like that. So I, I, I recall tales the, from the dark side. No, no, the, no. no, that was the TV show. Okay, I'm talking about because I, I had a, a Alfred Hitchcock <clears throat> anthology too, and, I'm and to... he, it was a picture. He was in an easy chair, and there were all of these grotesque images as like oil paintings on the wall behind him. I r- remember the cover very well, but the title not at all. And hmm. Google is not helping me. That's not the one that I had. See, my I had a. A teacher in grade school, third grade, Mr. Ortman. Remember that. Remember his name. He used Mr. to used Ortman. to Mr. Ortman. <clears throat> uh, he used to. We would have a reading time, and he would read to us, and he would do cool stuff like play the Star Wars radio play for us, or you know he'd play like you know uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He would get like radio plays and play it for us. Then he got um, one time he decided that he was going to start reading us stories, and he read us for about a week of um started with the telltale heart and uh then annabelle lee you know he would read us i just lost his name help me the author edgar Allan poe edgar Allan poe oh okay yeah shit. sorry i thought yeah. that was already stated no 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 yeah oh, no 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 i mean not, I, not mr ortman no <clears throat> yeah definitely mr ortman did not write the telltale heart but mr ortman thank you for letting me know about about that now here's here i'm gonna read rattle off a series sideways stories from wayside school Oh, Isaiah loved those books. He read all of them multiple times over. Do you remember those? Josh, Joel? I mean, Josh, no, Pat? I don't think I ever read that one. No. Oh. Not me. Yeah, it's like a, a school that instead of being built, it was supposed to be built flat on the ground, but instead they held the blueprint sideways, so it's 12 stories up instead of 12 stories aside. And um, But there's like one, you know, there's like one kid who wears a whole bunch of trench coats and turns out to be a dead rat, and... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was making that up. And and uh, well, the, one, the other one where they turn mosquito bites into math. <laughs> that sounds not like the classic stuff. video game. No, no, definitely not the classic video game. Right. Almost as good as that dog one with our, the Kentucky Fried Chicken that Joel used to play. But um, that yeah. was another one. Uh, Sobol is the name of the uh, S O B O L. I think is the name of the author. I ever get another one of those that I read to the kids that I remember reading, and they just ate them up. Um, Josh, was it called Stories My Mother Never Told Me? See, I'm not, it might have been stories my mother never told me, or it might have been uh, portraits of murder. Like, I thought it might have been portraits of murder because I remembered the portraits on the wall, but then I clicked on a link for portraits of murder, and the cover doesn't look familiar. Because there's some with other ones with paintings, like Haunted Houseful, and um, there's other ones with him on it, but I haven't been able to find one that matches what you described exactly. 
could have been a variant cover, like a, a slip cover edition. In fact, I think it probably was a hard cover. So. Scream along with me. There's another one with him on the cover. Yeah, that's. Oh, uh, Stories Not for the Nervous? Stories Not for the Nervous. Let me look at the cover. I mean, this yes. might be my answer. No, that's definitely not it. <laughs> this is good radio, folks. Yep, us looking on the internet. But uh, that's what we do. <clears throat> so, Joel, you added this one. Scholastic Book Fairs and that little crappy paper uh, catalog that we used to get. Oh, I love that catalog. Dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a fantastic. I mean, I so many books I picked up on that one. It was always so when, when the order came in, I was <gasps> yeah, that was it's like the Christmas, best. dude. Yeah, it was all about for me the twist of plots. Yes, as we talked about in the uh, cheesy yams over Aardvark show. Yeah, <laughs> the twist of plots, or uh, God damn it, it's going to haunt me. <laughs> Find your Day own I die. Yeah, any of the the choose your own adventure style books. Uh, but Twist of Plot was uh, Scholastic's own imprint. Oh, that was, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. So well, yeah. And then go ahead. Go go no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say they. I mean, just there was the hardest thing. Like I'd come home and it'd be like on the on the bus. We get that thing at the end of the day because you know if they gave it to you at the beginning of the day, you'd just spend all day pondering what books you wanted. Yep. And then I'd come home, and it would be like, "Hey, mom, here you go." And she's like, "This is like thirty eight dollars worth of books." You can't get all of them. You know, that was that was my thing, is narrowing it down to like one or two books in every one. It was always like Choose Your Own Adventure or um, uh, what the horror story ones. The, oh, not- yeah. There were a whole bunch of those. Like that that's where my like obsession with those sorts of horror story anthologies from Hitchcock went was into the scholastic books that did the same thing. Yeah. yeah scary. I mean, like- oh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, and then Goosebumps took over after we got to, uh, out of grade school and then out of high school, and that became the thing. But yeah, um, what about Book It? I wrote that in there because I never used anything called Book It. Did Did they have that out here? That was where it was sponsored by Pizza Hut, where you would hmm. you would have a competition, and you have many books you read, you would get like a free personal pan pizza if you read a certain number of books. It was a It was yeah. a program sponsored by Pizza Hut and Scholastic, if I remember right. Oh, I mean that sounds awesome. I mean, if I could have gotten pizza for reading that would have been even better but we never had anything like that i would have been so much fatter <laughs> i that explains part of my problem that's why i was a big reader but it boom hey but now, yeah look <clears> it up book it still around actually cool let's say high school who's your favorite author yeah hmm. now i read a lot of stephen king my first stephen king book was uh the stand figured might as well jump in with both feet yeah i was gonna say that's an odd one to start with especially considering it ends up being kind of a pivotal book for the connected stephen king universe that was reason i wrote, i read that one is because it was the only one we had on our bookshelf at home yeah you go from like the stand to needful things and a couple of the other ones that suggest that uh like the dark half that all suggests that the stephen king universe is all connected, and then you get into Dark Tower, and it's explicitly stated by about halfway through the series. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so, Pat. <clears throat> yeah. Did you guys have Book It where you were the Book It program? Mm, no, we, we 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 did have book fairs, but I don't remember any by the name. I don't think it was called Book It. Where you uh, read the books and you got the pizza? No pizza. No. Oh. How about the Scholastic? No, you didn't have. I don't know what it was called. The the might, little the little shitty paper that you'd look, look uh order books from yeah oh is that what that was called yeah uh, yeah I did that yeah that was awesome <laughs> that was very sedated 
Favorite author for a long time right around high school, even though I, I kind of look down on him with disdain now, is was Piers Anthony. <gasps> oh. I was really into like the Xanth, really punny fantasy stuff, oh. like uh, starting with like a spell for chameleon. Yeah, that was that was fun to Piers read. Anthony. Huh? I love you. Yeah, don't diss on Piers Anthony. The problem is, is like I, after a while, I was like, okay, reading uh, Rift Wars made Piers Anthony look childish and trite, and then reading uh, something else made Rift Wars look bad. And by the time I got to George R. R. Martin, I tried to go back and read Piers Anthony. I'm like, I just I can't understand how I liked this. I could see that, I guess. Yeah, it was just a step up into more serious, more hard fantasy with a lot more intrigue and better written characters. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, reading Xanth, enjoying them. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about those, man. Oh, yeah. The uh, one about, I forget what the centaur pun was. It was like the fourth or fifth book in the series. I remember I read it pretty much in one sitting because I had chicken pox and couldn't leave upstairs because I couldn't be near like the rest of the family so i was like oh. trapped upstairs with my library books and my nintendo oh they did that to me but i didn't have chicken pox. Oh. <laughs> you know which one was for me josh series wise at this time the myth adventures robert Asprin. you know i don't think i ever read those oh it's good stuff the best the the thing one thing that really caught me is that i had started reading them and um phil folio did the illustrations Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw that. I, I, that's actually where I first learned about Phil and just started loving his work uh, was in, in those books. I remember getting a four-pack, you know, a little slip cover of, you know, here's books, you know, one, two, three, four of the uh, of this uh, Myth Adventure series and five, six, seven, eight. Uh, for Christmas, my mom got me the five, six, seven, eight ones and... Josh, this is where you and I are in common. I knocked out all four books in one night. I was Jeez. like, we got home from Christmas. I sat down in my room, just started reading. I mean, they weren't. I mean, they weren't like really difficult books to read, but still, it was like two in the morning. My mom comes up. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Oh, I got in trouble so much for reading after I was supposed to be sleeping. Oh yeah, yep, like, same here. Flashlight under the covers. I wasn't. No, I just reading. put my light on. <laughs> No, I had the flashlight. I almost asphyxiated myself once with the flashlight. <laughs> I got a really big flashlight and it got so hot I started sweating, you know. Jeez. <laughs> um, well, before I hit high school, uh, I, I was really into reading, like, the Laura Ingalls Wilder series and the V.C. Andrews stuff because I was surrounded by girls. So you had to get what you could get. And I'm still a Laura Ingalls Wilder fan. But um, the whole Pinterest thing makes so much more sense now. When when I, I read Hat. Hatchet for the first time. And uh, did you guys ever read a book called House of Stairs by William Sleater? No. It's a dystopian novel back before dystopian novels were cool about mm. like 15 teenagers that wake up in a room that's full of stairs, a water fountain and a machine that dispenses food pellets. It's really, <laughs> really good. Sounds that like, Lord of Flies. Like, sounds changed, like college. <laughs> right. It shifted my my perspective a lot from, you know, the the, the novels about. Like like Laura Ingalls Wilder and stuff, um, and then I picked up American Psycho by Brady Stanellis and uh, The Running Man and Eyes of a Dragon. I never have read an actual Stephen King no novel, just the Rick, Richard Bachman stuff. Okay, uh, you read and, you read American Psycho when you were young, when I was in high school. Yeah, when it came out. Oh, high school. First, okay. okay. No, when it first came out, I remember reading about it in Newsweek, 
because uh, we, we had to read Newsweek as part of our government class. And I saw a review of it and I'm like, what the hell is this book? So I picked it up. I hated it. Um, and then I, then I read the, the Stephen King stuff. And then after that, I just kind of. I got bad news for you, Joel. Fell off. What? Eyes of the Dragon is Stephen King, not Richard Bachman. Oh, was it? Oh, I thought it was Bachman. Sorry. No, the only reason I'm sure is because it's one of the ones that has Randall Flagg in it. Okay. Eyes uh, of the Dragon was good stuff. Yeah, I, I read that one. I That was another one in that stepping stone to figuring out, hey, wait a minute, there's something more going on here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the that's one of the Stephen King books that I'm relatively certain I can pass on to the kids and be like, yeah, this is cool for you to read. I've only read a few Stephen King. He's one of the guys that I've always kind of wished I read more of, especially the Dark Tower series. I respect the heck out of him, but yeah, the, the books are so big, and I just it it, it always kind of turned me off. I like, you know, I'm going to talk about well. Dark Tower when we get to the second half of the show. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Yeah, bit. I, I read The Shining. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, I haven't read The Shining yet. Also in this time, I went on an Agatha Christie kick and read every single Hercule Poirot novel and about half of the Miss Marples and most of the, like, d- not tied to any particular sleuth. That, that's good ten, stuff. Ten Little Indians was Agatha Christie, right? Yeah. Yep. Love that book. That's good stuff. So if you could narrow down to one genre that you read, it seems like you, Josh, you like murder mystery and that sort of sort of thing you know yeah i would say somewhere between mystery and horror was even bigger for me than swords and sorcery when i was younger wow what about you pat as a kid medieval fantasy and Uh, second would be uh second would be any kind of like uh crime type thing like encyclopedia browns and stuff like that okay Uh, if you took like a cross section of everything from the time i was a kid to when i stopped reading about high school i would say probably the the, the the stuff in the the fantasy but in the realm of like narnia and wrinkle in time series and the um you know the stuff a little bit more so when i got into the Piers anthony and isaac asimov and kind of the oh that more that shift where it got a little bit more grown up but still kind of silly can i give you a a i'm gonna say some guilty not guilty pleasure but i have i have i have something to say <laughs> what is it i have read Every single one of L. Ron Hubbard's Mission Earth series. <laughs> All ten fucking books. Wow. Yeah. That's a weird, weird thing to say. I yeah. think I probably would have. I just never did. And probably after I knew about Scientology, I probably wouldn't have made it a big priority. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, reading an L. Ron Hubbard book is not at all on my list. Yeah. I mean, I read it. was, And it, look, believe it or not, it was an easy read. It's, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, Mission Earth or the planet Earth, the one that made the awful movie about Battlefield Battlefield Earth, Earth, read that. I mean, I found out about it. They were at the library sitting there. They had them all. I mean, I was a big library guy. The Uh, book had to be better than John Travolta's acting. (laughs) The book was good. I mean, I remember I remember enjoying it, but it wasn't until like I had finished all 10 of the decology of the the Mission Earth series and read the other one. And then I'm kind of like, wait, what else did he read? What? What does he do? (laughs) Hey, what, let's what turn Earth I'm into like, a battlefield over here. Why didn't any of you tell me this? You saw me reading this shit. You know, it's like... He created a religion? This is... That? Really? Wow. But, uh... I saw him in a, or, uh, an interview with him saying, like, if you ever want to become rich, just invent a religion. Oh, yeah. I, uh... I never now, understood his book, though, The Indian and the Hubbard. I never got that one. Oh, dude. Wow. <laughs> now we have to change all of our names to Smith. Um, so... If I say Dragons of the Autumn Twilight, 
You Heard say, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were starting to cheer. If I say dragons, you say. <laughs> Twilight. Dragon. If, I, if I say that, what comes to mind? I, but like, I can't remember the author's names. There's two of them. Uh, Weiss and Hickman. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Did you guys say Margaret? And I couldn't think of that. Yeah, Margaret Weiss and yeah. Tracy Hickman. Did you guys yeah, read Dragonlance back then? No. no. I did. I mean, I, I. it's one of those where, I don't know, like, I'll always remember the base characters. Your Tasselhoff and Tannis mm-hmm. and Caramon. Uh, and uh, Raceland. Uh, Raceland, yeah. Do you guys remember a game, a Dragonlance game that I got into um, back when, when I lived in Chicago before I moved? And it was some guys I met through uh, Hobby Town. So I think Josh at least knows these guys. Um, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember who all was in it. But it was we were trying to play a, a Dragonlance campaign, and you know the the DM had contacted me because he's like, I'm looking for somebody that plays Dungeons and Dragons but has never read Dragonlance. I'm like, well, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> like Which is weird project. because you'd played Dragonlance before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so strange. I mean, it, it honestly, I know how odd it is that I've never read a single Dragonlance book. Because- okay, because I don't remember who you played when we did Dragonlance. I remember Joel was Tasselhoff and I was Tannis. Right. I played uh, Flint Fireforge. Oh, okay. You were Flint. That makes hmm. sense. Yeah. Because yeah, remember, say, um, I know all the names. I, I, I made a big point of like, going after the Will of the Wisp because you guys are like, don't go after it. It's a waste of time. It's a Will of the Wisp. But I'm like, my character doesn't know that I've never read these damn books. So I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> point taken. You guys remember that? That yeah. happened in my apartment. Yeah. Phil well, Weber was the DM. Yep. I remember it well. We were yep. drinking Zima. <laughs> that is sad but Why true. Did you admit that <laughs> we had Zima with grenadine in it. Yeah, Zima and grenadine. That's um. That I have never drank Zima and grenadine. No, this was before we were hanging out with you. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, this yep. was just bef- just barely before. Glad we I dodged that bullet, Mike. And what a switch that was. Yeah. <laughs> what did we switch to? We're gonna live that down. We we switched out Phil Weber for you. Yeah, Phil was Jay's first roommate, and uh, he dropped out halfway through his freshman year. Huh. He was the guy that was dating Amy Feltner for El- Amy Feltner for a while. Oh yeah, was it a good swap? Very good. Oh yeah. yes, okay. thank God. <laughs> less, <laughs> yeah, less praise for you and more hate for him. But yes, it was a. Good <laughs> I don't know that I hated him, but he was a douche. He was, he was a, a total, total asshole. I loved him, <laughs> but he was our asshole. Yeah, he was oh. a total prick, but I really liked him. <laughs> All right, now getting us a little bit less out of lawsuit territory. Um, <laughs> Hey, he's probably dead by now. <laughs> I tried looking for him, and his name's too common. Yeah. So, big library kid when you were growing up? Oh, I lived in the library. Literally. I didn't yeah, have a house. yeah. If I left, the other kids beat me up. One of, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I discovered in the library um, was the, I found a copy of The Light Fantastic by Terry uh, Pratchett in my high school library. First time I had read Terry Pratchett, which I am a huge fan of Terry Pratchett now. It's interesting. I've read one novel of his. I can't remember which one, but I know I've read one. Thinking back on it, like I was not a big high school library fan, except when I had access to the Apple IIe. But uh, like in my home library, like the Cicero Public Library, I was there all the time. Yeah, my I, well, I, I actually <clears throat> really did go to the library quite often, simply because I, I mean, I, uh, before high school, I, I didn't really have any friends because I was. Uh, I was I was actually the kid that was beating people up that came out of the library. Like, sure. Or if they came to the library because I was there, I'd beat them up. Yeah, it, it sure. was, <laughs> what are you I doing in my library? <laughs> so books were my friends back then because, you know, I don't know. Because they were bait for your bullying. 
and they you know they didn't piss me off like all the other kids did so let's go to the library oh no pat's there <laughs> I, so anyway, mom... yeah, I spent a lot of time in the library yeah my mom used to take us to the kansas city public library quite a bit like on a regular basis we would go there because she she was i mean i to this day i've never met anybody who reads like my mom does she is, I mean, there's voracious and then there's my mom, <laughs> although my sister is close. I was going to say, when she reads, she shouts out in Elvish and throws bananas at the wall. No, my mom. <laughs> Nobody else read reads one, like that. My mom, when she would come home from work and go to bed for the night, she would read one book a night, every night, without yeah. fail. One of my wow. one of my best friends in life, uh, she reads the same. She she reads, she averages over a book a day She has, since she got a Kindle. It used to be a book a day, and since she got a Kindle, forget it. Like, any single moment she has a spare minute, she pulls that Kindle out and starts reading. See, and my mom, you know, the books she read were not usually, I mean, they were a couple hundred pages. My sister, however, would read, like, the Stephen king size books. And, I mean, it was hard to talk to her sometimes because she'd have her face in a book whenever you were hanging around. And she, I mean, she's a constant reader, too. So I, I was never, like, I was never like that. But I always, I loved going to the library and checking out books. And we had the library in high school that... That's why I read The Exorcist or part of it. I all remember right. I remember walking out of the library all the time with just like a stack of books up to my chin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was the same way. I go there. I mean, the, my, my excuse was it's free. You're <laughs> not you know, you're not going to read all those books. It doesn't matter. It's free. I'm, I'm taking these home. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Do I have to pay for ones I didn't read? Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's well, like. But yeah, I mean, it's a library was a huge thing. Get on the bike, right over the right over, and uh, you know, check out a couple books. Uh, you know, they have like you had Josh with the right the reading, um, contests, and mm-hmm. you know, get some sort of cheap little toy or something like that. You know, but well, my excuse for going to the library was Pat wasn't there. <laughs> he was at a different library beating up the kids there. Right, so I could leave and be okay. I didn't know Pat then. I did. I actually did most of my ass kicking at school. Oh, well, that's good. Makes you feel a little yeah. better. Yeah. Has that's there... why I went to school. That <laughs> wasn't there. <laughs> Has there been a book that you read that you haven't been able to find again? What do you mean? Like that you owned and lost <clears throat> or like that you read in the library or something and, and you just can't be able to look at it? Well, it's like you, you like you read the Terry Pratchett book. I read that back in back in high school. Now, yeah, I can go to the bookstore and I'll see that same Terry Pratchett book sitting on the shelf. I bring this up because there was a book that I read in grade school, and it was great. It was like a uh, um, an epic story, you know, almost like the you know the Odyssey type thing. You know, you're uh, the hero's trying to get across this world to save the princess, and he. It's called. All I remember the title was something like the Green Glasses or the Green Goggles, and it was a it was a green leather bound book in a public library. In public weird. school library. It was really weird. But there were these great, like, woodcut pictures in it. To this day, I am, at this point, uncertain that that book ever existed. <laughs> but I remember reading it and loving it. Like it checking... been a dream. Like one of the lucid dreams. Yeah, it was like I check, I would check it out all the time at at the library at the library from school. But for this day, I don't, and I went, I was like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'm going to call the school. Well, so, what's funny Mike, that I just did a search Walmart now, and I found your post on Reddit from a year ago. I know. It's <laughs> the only thing that comes up. The only thing that comes up is me going on, on the tip of my, it's on the tip of my tongue, right? Yeah, that's yeah. so weird. I I I, I was just going to try and help look it up, and then there it is. I'm like Java Cat. What? Wait, this is you. Yep, that's me trying to figure out where the hell that book is. And everybody's you know, like, every time I search for it, I get um 
the uh, uh, Wizard of Oz stuff about green goggles and you know it's I I'm really not sure that that book existed but I know it did because I remember reading it so many times and I tried to call the school but the school is now a Walmart. Did the Walmart have it? No, oh. they're like we ain't get no books. That's so weird. <laughs> that's so weird. Now it's like, dude, that's awesome. I I, I if I knew more about it, I, I would be happy to help you search. But if Reddit can't help you, I guess then yeah. My uh, missing book is not a traditional book. It barely had any words. It it was a specific uh, make your own pop up book. But like <laughs> they've done the concept since. But this one was so intricate like there were tabs you'd pull and things would fold up and i vaguely remember the title was this specific dude's name like his like the apostrophe s make your own pop-up book and if i could remember the name i could probably find it online but we're talking like 30 plus years ago yeah um the the there's two that i would say my my uh because my dad and my mom both read quite a bit, they converted one of the uh, one of the rooms uh, that was next to the the living room. They put bookshelves up and made a little mini library in in that room, and that's where they kept the albums and like the record albums and stuff too. But there was one section that was uh, full of like the smaller paperbacks, and they had a copy of of Jaws, and that was like my favorite book to just like flip through. But when I was a kid, I never actually read it. But it's one of those books now where I would love to have that original copy just to be able to read it and just kind of finish what I never started. Um, but that and then my copy of House of Stairs. I found just about every other book I've owned, but I can, I've never been able to find my copy of that. I'm not sure whether I read it through school and so it was a library copy or whether I actually, I, I swear I had my own copy and I, I'd love to have that again to read it. The original one, not, I could go buy it now on Amazon, but anyway. Yeah. What about you, Pat? Any books that you just don't exist for you anymore? No, I don't think so. Most, I mean, a lot of what I read uh, was just classic literature. My my uh, family had this this really really nice bookshelf full of about a hundred different old classic books, all bound the same, you know, and with the same font and everything for each book. Really nice set, and I read through all those. And then, but I don't, I don't. <clears throat> excuse me, I can't think of anything in particular that I was like I can't find anymore. Did it smell of rich mahogany? <laughs> They were not leather bound. They were just nicely, oh. yeah. They were like a really, really sturdy hard copy. It's a pretty hard sturdy copy. loop. Pretty sturdy. My dad used to sell encyclopedias before I was born, so we had a nice set of encyclopedias. I used to like to thumb through a lot. Yeah, I just threw out both our sets of encyclopedias when we were they brown. Out of the house <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica, and then the the light blue, real light That's, blue ones. The light blue ones are one we had. I don't, I don't know what yeah. they were, but. I'm trying to remember that we had we had a set of encyclopedias. My mom still has them. Hey, now I want to read. There was only thing I remember is like the the uh, that's where I, oh man that's where I learned about genital warts. Yes, <laughs> it's like I stopped paying attention for a second. What the hell? That is not at all where I learned about genital warts. No, so it was like it was like the, she there's all these books like there was make and do you know it was like you here's you Ew. look little crafts and that sort of thing and then there was, was one about, about legends and then there was one about science and there was and there was one just called health and I finished I finished those, all the crafts I'm like oh there's one called health I'm like just randomly open to a page like, oh my god like, why <laughs> would you put that picture in a kid's book apparently that was like the apparent there was one for the parents you're like I don't know why but. You know, it was just kind of like, 
and then it was that kind of you can't just had to keep turning because there's no way this can get worse. Flip. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. So what do you got? Anything? We got anything else? Any other books that we remember back then? Oh, I was a huge. Still am, but I was a huge Shel Silverstein fan back then. Oh yeah. Who wasn't? So that, yeah, that was something I would read probably at least once a month. One of his books. Giving yeah. Tree, Sidewalk Ends. Oh yeah, we had to wear the Sidewalk Ends. I remember reading that quite a bit. Yes. And I won't go over the whole story again, but uh, anybody who's listening, uh, one of the formative moments of my life was finding boxes and boxes of fantasy novels and gaming books and choose your own adventures just in an alley as it was starting to rain, as I'm desperately trying to Mm -hmm. pull the books into my house before the rain ruined them. And that initial cache of books had like my first lion the witch in the wardrobe and all sorts of stuff i i know i talked about that in the origin show might have even talked about it in the dungeons and dragon show as well cool so all right so we take a little break come sounds like it and when we come back we're gonna talk about what reading's like now and if we still do it do we do it as much as we did when we were kids and for the guys that have kids of their own what do they read and did we read to them yeah what do we read? What are we reading then? Now, that sort of thing. Reading, reading, reading. Books, books, books. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> wow. Guess that about sums it up. All right, we are back. I'm going to talk more about reading and books now. I guess 2000 to now, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh so first question I had for you guys, what was the last book you read? That's pretty easy for me considering the last book I finished was two days ago hmm. and I immediately started another one. Okay. So which one was it? The last book I finished was called The Rook. Uh trying to get the author's name. By Daniel O'Malley. Hmm. Was uh, I believe it's his first? Yes, yeah, it's a debut novel, and the sequel should be coming out this year. All about uh, the tagline is "In Her Majesty's Supernatural Secret Service." Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, about a woman who wakes up with no memory and a bunch of dead bodies all around her, and a bunch of letters from who she used to be, and realizes that she's part of a British organization that is all about battling supernatural threats it's it's great okay what about you pat um actually i picked up a book off the shelf last week that i had bought and hadn't hadn't read because like i said i like to have read everything on my shelves so i've leaned more towards buying a lot of humor books over the last couple decades and the one i just finished was tina fey bossy pants which was really funny i'm sure bossy pants and I, I, I just started a reread uh, uh, by my third reread of my favorite series, which I guess I will save for later when that question comes up. Um, the last last book I finished was The Horror of the Horror, which was uh, a book all about easy comics, which we were just talking about, actually. Um, that was phenomenal, fascinating and just all around a solid book. Um, and then. Around that time, I started a reread on the road by Jack Kerouac, which is one of my faves. Okay, I've never read that one. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> I uh, just finished not too long ago reading the history of the world in six glasses. What's that? It's a story of humanity 
uh, from the Stone Age to the 21st century through beer, wine, spirits, coffee, tea, and soda. Neat. Yeah. yeah. Really Even cool. though I'm like a genre fiction guy, like that's not genre fiction at all, and I I would read that. Yeah, it was very by a guy a uh, guy named Tom Standage, and the other one I I tend to read. I don't know how many other people do this. If you guys do this, but we can, can you guys read like more than one book at a time? Oh, I'm constantly like six or seven books going at a time. Yeah. So my other one about neck and neck was The Martian. Uh, oh, I've yeah. heard. I mean, obviously the movie is what everybody talking oh, about but totally I've heard the good book stuff. is really great yeah really good that's stuff. next on my list after i finish the uh first uh, uh book the, the book i'm reading right now on my kindle is steel heart okay and the martian is on my kindle like ready to go next did, did you get it when they gave it away for free what uh the martian yeah no i did not I, oh I, oh you're on a kindle yeah because google gave it away for free like a week before the movie came out <laughs> what a slut I know, it's right? Good marketing. <laughs> I no, I think right around the time the movie came out, or right before the movie came out, Sarah bought it. Okay. See, now here's the question: Now, do you read now like you did, like you used to? <laughs> I don't read like I used to, simply because I don't have the free time that I used to. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's slightly funny and and also slightly shows that I could be retarded. Um, what? <laughs> because because this is. This is this is a this is a true story of 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 a, a couple of years out of my life where I stopped reading and I couldn't really figure out why. I mean, I remember just getting frustrated when I would try to read something. I would just get a headache and I would just stop. And I'm like, oh, why don't I enjoy reading like I used to? And then oh. one day, as a as a lark, I picked up uh, a friend's reading glasses and put them on like I was doing something. And I was I looked down at something and I was like, oh my god, why is that so clear? <laughs> and then it kind of dawned on me. I'm like. Holy shit, dude! You need glasses, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went and got my eyes checked and got glasses, and then and I you know and I picked up my phone and I was like, oh my god, the iPhone is gorgeous. <laughs> Look at how like, clear this is. Just, yeah, my life was reinvented. I'm like, oh my god, I can see everything, and now I don't have to get mad. Like print is so small. I'm like, I'm trying to read a magazine, and I'm like, why do they print these things so small and throw it across the room? Angry man yells at clouds, right? Yeah. And then I, you know, so it's I have re re discovered my love for reading, but yeah, I, I stopped reading for a while because it hurt. Yeah, yeah, I I am uh, I am into the glasses thing now too. So it's awesome. It's it now really my is. book. Yeah, but uh, um, oh no, go ahead, Joel. Oh, I was just gonna, I was just jumping in. Um, I from about two thousand and one until well, I'd say actually no, from about ninety nine. Until when I moved to Colorado, I I read regularly. And then once kids came and the podcasting started, I just, it dropped off and I just, I can't seem to find the time or the desire to like sit down and, and read. Plus I don't have a commute anymore that I can read like in the car, you know, mm-hmm. I used to ride the train. So that gave me a half an hour to an hour every day to, to read. Um, so it's something I, I wish I did more of though, because I enjoy it. Yeah, I find myself with most of my free time, if I do have time to read, reading stuff about food trucks or business or whatever, you know, and it's just, yeah, yeah. being a grown-up sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, you know, I've got the new, um, the new drive to work instead of a ride on the train, which I've, my, it's cut down my reading time a lot since I don't have an hour and a half just, just sitting and moving. But, um, no, I mean, do you, do you guys, yuck. what? I said yuck. Just sitting and moving? The, com- the com- 
commute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, just <laughs> the idea of a commute. Like, oh, my entire my job is somebody's commute. <laughs> 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 well, then you got to get a different mindset. That's totally different. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't like it when you read on that either. Yeah. <laughs> Just get one of those one of those uh, little contraptions that holds the book over over your steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, you can get one of those, and you can get and one every of those. Cl- you turn your head just kind of tilts. <laughs> get you that, know? and get one of those harmonica clips. You can play the harmonica and read at the same time you're driving. <laughs> Thinking about Mike's question, though, it's funny. Like I do read a whole lot less because I've put so much more of my free time into video games and other pop culture stuff but that means i'm down from like 200 books a year to two dozen books a year Mm -hmm. and a lot of my reading time is spent if a book really hooks me like i'll devote a few hours a day to it when i'm at home but otherwise i do a lot of reading uh in between trips like if i'm in downtime and haven't hit my next ping while i'm driving for lyft I'll pull the Kindle out of the glove box and get in 10 minutes of reading, mm-hmm. which adds up after a little bit. Yeah. Well, especially as fast as you read. Yeah. Yeah. I do read very, very quickly, which is how I went from uh, the Harry Dresden books by Jim Butcher, the supernatural detective in Chicago. I, are those. A, I, OK, keep talking because I really want to get into those. Uh, well, the first three are bad. OK, well, good to know. <laughs> um, you gotta read them just to get the foundation for the world, but they're bad. And he gets significantly better with each book. And I got to about book five, and they're like thirteen now. And like last year, within about the span of two weeks, I went from only having read five of them to being completely caught up. Oh wow, neat. Yeah, they just get better and better as you get to to the newest ones. Okay, he finds his voice and just kind of runs with it. Yeah, I mean, it starts with a lot of world building, and it's a little ham-fisted, where it's like, this is supposed to be supernatural in the real world, but aside from occasionally mentioning Chicago street names, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of real world at all. Okay. It's like, oh, cute, this businessman's a vampire, this person's a fairy, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually, once all the characters are established, and he just gets better at the craft of telling a story, the series gets much better. Okay. Right now, one of the series that I've really been enjoying is the, uh, I don't know what the actual name of the series are, but it starts with Bone Shaker by Sherry Priest. Haven't you guys heard about that one? Bone Shaker sounds familiar. Uh, Early Civil War, Gold in the Klondike, they go uh, digging for it. This inventor just creates this huge drill that drills into the earth and releases a, a toxic gas that turns people into zombies, so they wall off Seattle. Oh. Uh, it's it's complete. And are, do you guys like steampunk? I could take it or leave it. There's a lot of good and a lot of terrible. This, I'm thinking, is I think you would like this one. This is this is a lot of fun. I mean, it's a really, it's the, you know, the Zeppelins and, uh, you know, the steam-powered uh, items and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm really enjoying Sherry Priest, like the whole, st- I, I can't remember what they call the whole series of it, but it starts with uh, Bone Shaker, and she also wrote another one where it's called Maplecroft, and it's, imagine uh, Lizzie Borden plus Cthulhu, yeah. and that's uh, and that's that one. Very, I mean, good stuff, good reads. So Lizzie well, Borden is cutting off Cthulhu's head? Kind of. So that that begs a question that's not in the notes here, but do you guys find yourself reading uh, uh, books 
more in a series or because of the author? Huh. I find myself grabbing grabbing series. For one, I mean, this doesn't sound weird, but for one reason is that if I'm reading a series, I don't have to relearn who everybody is. Does that make if that makes any sense? Yeah, so you got your established characters, so you can kind of see how they progress, and it's easier to pick up the next book because exactly. you already know the main players. I think I'll do a little of both. Like I'll follow big authors that are recommended on like the R Fantasy subreddit, since I'm still mostly genre fiction. Like I'll read true crime. I'll read, still read some mystery and some horror, but like now, fantasy is my bailiwick. Ooh, look at you, fancy words. and of course like you've got game of thrones george r r martin stuff and i I was early on that train yeah you're the one that turned me (laughs) onto that actually yeah i thank i thank you still oh you're welcome i mean i'm happy it's the biggest show on cable tv right now i was i was like pee in my pants excited when i found out they were going to be making a tv show about it <laughs> um, I, 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 went, I went almost daily to the webpage to see who'd been cast and everything and all this kind of stuff and see uh, you think the peeing the pants thing is new or is like the <laughs> like is a weird <laughs> thing about point. that statement no it's not it's not that's a good point uh, but the, kind of the opposite of george r r martin is uh brandon sanderson because martin mm. writes like one tome and then he gives you a seven-year wait and Sanderson is like a year younger than I am and cranks out like four or five high quality books a year. Is he Jeez. Brian Sanderson? He's the one who picked Brandon up the Sanderson. wheel. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he picked up yes. the Wheel of Time. Yes, he finished the Wheel of Time series after the death of Robert Jordan. Okay. And he's best known for uh, his own, uh, oh, I'm blanking, Mistborn series, which yeah. I've read. I, I've read almost everything he's written. Okay, uh, so, aside from some of the young adult stuff. So who does? Okay, now I'm, I'm getting kind of I'm getting confused on the other. Who does the King Killer series? King Killer is Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, he, okay. King the Killer name of the wind. Is like two gigantic books in, and he's more like George R. R. Martin. Well, he'll drop a huge book on you, and then you'll be like, "When the fuck is the next one coming?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're waiting. Because <laughs> I I read the name of the wind and thought it was great. So I have to get to the second one then. Uh, the second one is not as good as the first, but I think you'll still like it. it, it there's there's a little bit, yeah, I, hard to describe what's, I, I don't even want to say what's wrong with the second one. It's just not as tight as the first one. Okay. Could have used a stronger editorial hand with the second book. All right. So where do you guys get books nowadays? Well, real quick. Oh, on, sorry, on Joel. that question. Um, see, I'm kind of the opposite. I If I live an author, I don't. I'm not into series, and since I don't read sci-fi and fantasy anymore, I read pretty much. I mean, if I read, I've always was reading either true crime stuff or the beat, the beat authors, you know, Perros and Kerouac, and then of course like on to Bukowski and stuff like that. So, um, if I like an author, I'll read as much as I can from that particular author. But I never found a series I really liked. I guess. Hmm. And I, I'm not really much of a series reader myself. I jump all over the place with what I read still to this day. Um, I have certain genres that I like, but I have just such an eclectic mix of books that I've read and that I own still and everything. So I don't really stick to a series, but that being said, but I am an enormous fan of George R. R. Martin and the Game of Thrones book. He is probably my favorite author for just the depth of writing and how he writes characters. And it was the first time, spoiler alert, for those of you that haven't read the Game of Thrones series, I'm pretty sure you know but it was the first time I'd ever seen 
main characters get actually literally killed off. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just immediately hooked. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, like, you know, you know when you're reading Harry Potter that he's not going to die. And Hermione's not going to die, or anything, you know, that kind of stuff. But, like, you're reading George R. R. Martin, and somebody gets in a fight, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, this could be it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just not, he has no qualms about killing off anyone. I think he actually killed Snape, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he is, he's right now my favorite author of all time. Uh, if you're a fan of Martin, and I know you are, uh, I heavily recommend checking out Joe Abercrombie stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, him and Fitch write good stuff. God <laughs> damn it, I was hoping that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Joe Abercrombie, I have always described as basically being ultra-dark, gritty fantasy meets, like, Elmore Leonard, where you've got these incredibly interesting, flawed characters, and you can see them on a collision course with each other, and you just know that you're going to have the classic standoff, where instead of everyone pointing guns at each other, everyone's pointing swords at each other by the end. Oh, hmm. nice. I will definitely look him up. It's I got like him us in the bathroom. <laughs> I got him saved here on on my Google. <laughs> saved on the Google. <laughs> I was waiting for. I was like, nobody's going <laughs> to say anything about that. So okay, but jumping back to one of the things that I really enjoyed was going to Borders back when it existed, finding a couple books, sitting down with a cup of coffee, and choosing what I'm buying. Now the only thing left is Barnes and Noble. Where do you guys buy your books nowadays? Half price books. Okay. Really? I, yeah, I love that place. Huh. Yeah, how many ones? I'll be honest with you, I don't go into bookstores anymore simply because I can't trust myself in a bookstore. Because <laughs> I'll walk in there and I'll be like, I'm just going to look and see if such and such book is out yet that I've been waiting for. And then I'll walk out with like 12 books under my arm. I'm like, no, damn it. What did you do? <laughs> and, and you've completely blacked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be sitting in my car and I just be surrounded by bags of books. No! <laughs> It happened See, I again. I love going to the bookstore, but I, I know when I get there, when I'm looking at all the books, I'm like, man, that looks like something I want to read. That looks like something I want to read. I'm like, I'm not really going to read it. And I just end up leaving feeling sad. See, mine is I go there and I'm like, okay, I see this book and it's $17. And I am the guy scanning the barcode on the Amazon app. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of like a dickish move, but in the same notion, that's partially, you know, I don't borders that's why you died yeah i'm with you mike like my sense of like value for entertainment has been corrupted in the world of amazon and steam sales and whatever and i'll buy a book at half price books if i'm like okay this is a big thick hardcover it's like 80 percent off i can't even get it this cheap for a kindle edition mm-hmm. okay that's that's my pull the trigger point, but otherwise I'll probably just buy it on Amazon. Yeah, that and that's yeah. I I don't feel bad about it because I'm like you know if you you know what's going on like I, there was one time where I I was at I was at uh, was it Barnes and Noble yeah was it Barnes and Noble and I asked you know where this book you know could you help me find this book and this you know, okay cool and I looked at it and without even thinking with the guy still standing in front of me I pulled out my cell phone and scanned the barcode. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at him, kind of looked at him like, it was kind of a dick move, wasn't it? He's like, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but since you brought it up, you know, that is my paycheck you're scanning right there. I'm just like, so all of you then still, it sounds like everybody's still reading actual <laughs> physical books more than I would still buy books. I don't, not. I don't own a Kindle because I've tried liking them and using them. 
And I just, I just, I like having a physical book in my hand, so I'm still, I'm always going to be that guy. And I'd say I'm <clears throat> the opposite. Like, I might be the exception, even though I will occasionally buy a physical book. I will actually buy five or six on the Kindle for every physical book I buy. Yeah. I keep an eye on the, um, there's a Kindle freebies and Reddit and on Reddit and the, uh, Google freebies. And I'll, I'll just grab, if there's a book on there that's for free, you know, it'll be like, sure, why not? You know, that's why, you know, when Suzanne logs onto Amazon, it keeps telling her, like, hey, here's all these soap making books that you want. Because one, there was one, she's like, are you planning on making soap? I'm like, no, it's, it was free, you know, so I grabbed a soap making book. You know, you never know. We might want to make soap someday. His name was Robert Carlson. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, I, I try to keep myself, like I said, out of bookstores because A, I, I, I won't buy a book without reading it at some point, and B, I have a stack of books sitting there waiting to be read that I can't put into my bookshelf because I can't put things <clears throat> into my bookshelf that I haven't read yet, so I can't keep way. adding That's What? A, I said I'm the same way. I've got a, <laughs> a whole shelf of books that are not in the actual, with the read books because I want to read them, but I just can't find the time. Exactly, and so, and, I, and if I go into a bookstore, I'm just going to buy more, and I'm going to just put them on the stack, and it's just going to keep growing. And I'm like, I'm not reading these yet. Why am I buying more? Well, it's so, a good thing you never got into the Kindle thing then, because like Amazon One Click, like oh. especially if a book is on sale and it's reasonable, like I found myself irritated. It's like the hardcover edition's thirty four ninety nine, and the Kindle edition's twenty nine ninety nine. <clears throat> That'll piss me off enough. I'll pirate the book, <laughs> but it's like. Oh, good. Yeah, if it's like five bucks, I'll be like, okay, this author's pretty cool, and I will have hit the Amazon buy with one click button before I've even thought about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I bought the entire series of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the, the Steve Larson books, and they're sitting on my shelf unread, and I keep saying, man, I want to read those, because I love the movies, and I'm like, I want to get more into in-depth into what was actually happening, and they're just sitting there. Makes me yeah, I've got, I've got a couple books, because like I said, you know, like Mike said earlier, you know, I read about seven books at a time, you know, and I just alternate back and forth between whatever kind of mood I'm in if I'm, you know, when I'm when I'm reading, or I have different books for different parts of the house, <laughs> depending on where I am. I don't, do we um, want to go down this rabbit hole? No, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying, like, like, but I have I could tell whether or not I like a book by how long it stays in the rotation because mm. I've got one book that is that is for a year I've had like the the bookmark in the same spot. I'm just like. I obviously don't like that book because I'm not going back to it anytime soon. Well, I mean, sometimes a book or a series is like that where it's like, this is good, but it requires a lot of effort to chew through and parse and digest and think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is that is definitely true with that. Yeah, book. that's why I'm reading the, uh, the, uh, the Sword of Truth. That's That was my my series like that for me is having to just like crank through it and reading the same page three times to be able to yeah. actually figure out what the hell was, was going that on. Is very good kind? Yeah. Let, let's, let's, let's ask that question right <laughs> well, now. What is, I, I hate that series. We can move on. <laughs> what is the toughest book you've ever read? Oh, well, oh shit. That, that's I, easy. I, that's easy. I, when I read uh, Tropic of Cancer by Henry Miller, I, I, I was like, I need to expand from the beats. And so, you know, of course, um, Hemingway comes up and, and, you know, some of these other guys that didn't write, you know, like the beats, but were, you know, anyway, so I bought Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer and I'm like, okay, this sounds like an interesting story. Sounds like it's right up my alley, love story, kind of faulted characters with major, you know, issues. And 
he spent like 17 pages describing a dresser. <laughs> and I was like, uh, by the time I finished that. He's like Henry James to the extreme. That's fantastic. Uh, by, by the time I finished that part, I'm like, dude, this is going to be hard. But I've, I I told myself I've got to finish. And I'm glad I did because it, it was a really good book. But at the same time, there's a point where you got to pull back a little bit, dude. <laughs> well, mine is, I think, a little worse than that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. William Faulkner, The Sound and the Fury. It it is one of, uh, with a possible exception of, like, James Joyce, uh, Faulkner might be the most challenging author anyone's ever going to read. And The Sound and the Fury is one of his toughest books. Uh, It is the story of the fall of an old Southern family. But the entire book is Stream of Consciousness. And the first section, hundreds of pages, are stream of consciousness through the mind of a mentally retarded man who has very little concept of the difference between past, present, and future. And also, because it's an old Southern family, there are several characters that share the same name, and he will drift mid-thought from thinking about one to thinking about the other. There's no punctuation. So you don't know in a sentence... Like where the sentence begins, where it ends, whether he's talking about what he's experiencing now or something that happened years ago. How the hell did that ever get published? I mean, stream of consciousness was a big thing, like a different way of telling a story just through the thoughts of a character. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting insane. and everything, but I'm just saying, like, I can't imagine a publisher reading that and going, oh, yeah, this will sell. Well, think about the cut up novels that that Burroughs mm-hmm. was like, you know, if if a story... If you create a story, it doesn't matter what order the words are, the story will still be the same. And so he would cut the book up into segments and then piece it back together. And that's what Naked Lunch is. I mean, it's it, basically, it's a story where they cut it up and, and re-put it together <laughs> to... I can think uh, about two I, things that are wrong with that title. <laughs> I've read it. It's, 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 a, it's a really, it's an interesting book, but you can tell that it's, it's out there. I've, I, yeah, I've never heard of that. Nick, you've never so, heard of Naked Lunch? No. Huh. Check check out the Cronenberg movie with Peter Weller. Oh, yeah, they made a reference to it in The Simpsons. Yeah. When uh, Milhouse and Bart snuck in to see it, and they're just like, that was not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's like when they went to go see, when uh, Milhouse was going to see Bart and Fink, because it was R-rated. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who, well, we've said Josh and I said our books. Oh, mine? All right, this is going to sound, well, I mean, sounds weird as anything else we've said. <laughs> My toughest read, and I still have not finished it, I bought a book on the history of MI6 because I thought that sounds like that. It's got to be so cool. I mean, all <laughs> this cool stuff. Awesome. It does sound awesome. Let's talk about MI6, you know, this sort of thing. No, it's uh, it's talking about policy. It's talking about, and I kept <laughs> trudging. It's written by the bureaucrat of pretty the Pretty much. <laughs> I am digging through, just trudging through it. I'm like, come on, there's got to be, I want to find out about the, you know, the uh, assassination attempts. I want I want some James Bond shit. No, apparently MI6 is boring as shit. <laughs> and they <laughs> just decided to put 8 million words together to describe it. Because I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why I... It's still sitting in the shelf, still haven't finished it. And the thing that gets me is I'm pretty sure if I jump... Every now and then I'm like, you know, I better jump in a little bit more. And it'll it'll, it'll be cool. Now I'll get through like... like this will be the action chapter. <laughs> yeah, this is when they really start talking about cool stuff. No, no, it's not. It's not. Nope, still talking about requisition forms. <laughs> yep. So... 
And the the toughest one I ever read uh, was uh, Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion, because mm. it is just so like heavy for uh, just just verbose. Because he, I mean, any time that he can use a multisyllabic word, he does. <laughs> and it's the first book I ever read that made me feel stupid for a while. I was like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> for a while. Oh. <laughs> has sure, anyone no. has anyone attempted the Malazan Book of the Fallen series? No. No. It, it's one of the like great, well-respected fantasy series, and I've only gotten through two books. And I keep hearing from everybody, like, Matt Brown loves it. Uh, a lot of people online are just, like, eating this stuff up. And it's founded on two core ideas. One, no story has really a beginning. They all flow from hundreds of years of history that impact current events. And two, characters don't talk or think about stuff that everybody knows. So there's no exposition. Damn. Yeah, you're not going to have a situation where everybody's talking about, like, the current state of politics or thinking about the current state of politics because it's something that's internalized. And you have to gather from context what's going on. So there's there's no narrative voice then? Well, it's not that there's no narrative voice. It's just the narrative voice might be about Whiskey Jack and his uh, bridge burners, these guys who are mercenaries about to assault a city. But you don't know why they're assaulting the city. Who are the sides on the war? Because so they, nobody talks about that stuff. Yeah, so nothing's ever talked about that's not happening immediately on the page. And you have to gather from pieces of conversations that happen in different places kind of what's going on and once you've read several books in the series things start to fall into place like you can piece together a timeline and understand character motivations but aside from like character motivations being i'm trying to stay alive or i'm trying to kill this dude it's sometimes difficult to understand why characters behave in a certain way so because... it's almost like 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 a like a um memento on page in some ways, yeah. I mean, it's not told out of sequence, but it's just that idea that, like, every story starts in the middle, so I'm going to try to tell a fantasy epic like that. Hmm. Huh. What's that called again? Uh, the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Hmm. Yeah, it's like ten books. They're all, like, huge. Interesting. Yeah, I've read the first two, and someday I'm going to get back to it. But just, like, digesting everything and thinking about what happened and speculating why it takes a lot of energy out of you a lot more than like reading harry potter or even reading game of thrones mm. right. so do you guys still go to the library uh, no i don't actually See, um when was the last time i was in the library i we've taken the kids there um to check out books but i haven't gone like on my own i never was a big <laughs> wow a big guy after i got out of um uh, high school i i really wasn't a big guy about the library i don't know why i just never I always like to, to go in and find a book and buy it and read it rather than check it out. I don't know See, why that is. With us, we can't go to the library and spend anything less than 45 minutes there. Because, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the librarians know the girls by name. Um, they know That's me. Well, they know me by name because I've, you know, I've actually gotten involved with them. I actually, uh, last year I taught podcasting classes at the library. But I have, I mean, it's one, I love it because it's, you know, now that, you know, I, not as much cash to spend to books you know and i'm i don't want if i if i get a book and i like it i'll tend to buy it it's almost like testing it out type of thing sure so that's where you know that's where i started reading the um you know like the bone shaker series i started read that first at the library then i you know go pick up some more of uh, her stuff because i know i'll like the book instead of dropping 15 bucks on a book 
and not liking the author. Um, but here's something that one thing in my, my library offers. It's a, a program called or an app called Overdrive. It's an ebook audiobook checkout app. You load it onto your phone or load it onto your tablet, and you can actually check out ebooks and audiobooks on the app. Yeah, uh, Chicago Public Library had their own system for that. Mm-hmm. Like, until I moved, uh, Mike, you were at my old place. I was right across yeah. the street from the library. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally. So, it would have been, I, I would have been having to try to not go. So, for those almost three years I lived there, I'd walk across the street frequently. And it was cool because it was weird. Some of the stuff I liked, they had, like, a complete set of in fantasy like somebody was obviously into dark fantasy there was a complete set of joe abercrombie some other stuff like lies of Locke lamora was there okay and uh through cps there's a certain number of kindle editions of certain books and you check it out if one uh, if a copy is available and download it to your kindle and after the loan period has expired it's still sitting on your kindle but it says loan expired and you can't open it anymore mm-hmm. that's huh. what happens so it's like with... a virtual library then yeah. yeah yeah and that's the cool thing that one of the things i liked about it because you can do on on ours you can do uh, audiobooks also so like we go on a road trip you know i pat you know here's the here's the tablet you know here's how many hours we're going to be on the road let's choose a book you know, we choose a book, load it to my phone, and play it for, you know, like, we listened to uh, Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett in the last time we rode, went somewhere. So, it's pretty... I don't know why why I can't get past listening to somebody read a book to me. It drives me crazy for some reason. I, I just can't... I, it feels like, I don't know, I cheating. can't really describe it. I just don't like... Yeah, cheating almost, kind of, yeah, in a I way. Mean, I don't feel that way, but that's... Uh, I was thought that maybe it was well, weird. and really long audiobooks will help you get through a super super long like those 800 page fantasy novels Mm -hmm. but sometimes i found that you'll have two narrators to break up the sound a little bit and it drives me nuts when they pronounce characters names differently yeah (laughs) yeah i could oh i would i would definitely lose my mind on that caitlin and catlin yeah who pronounces it catlin someone who's not caitlin that's the way it's pronounced, actually. In, yeah, in... Catalan Stark. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, damn he. But, but a friend of mine is listening to the audiobooks, and, and she said that he pronounces it Caitlin, and it drives her crazy. Yeah, uh, that would drive me nuts. Nice. But yeah, so, um, lost my lost my page. So, what books are you looking forward to in the next year? Is there a part of a series, or is there a certain book that you're looking forward to coming out? Oh my god, if the oh. fucking George R.R. R. Martin book does not come out, I will shoot him in the head. <laughs> oh. No, he's got two more, don't you dare. <laughs> Allegedly. I've been waiting for this goddamn book since before. Okay, I've been waiting for this book so long that I used to go into the bookstore and ask about it, and they would look at me like, who? Remember who you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was mainly saying that for them, not for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I walk. I remember walking to the bookstore, and be like I'm here to see if the new George R. R. Martin book is coming out. And they're like, they'd have to go and like type it up. And be like, oh, that's a fantasy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think I had been waiting for four years for one of his books. By the time I introduced you to the series, yeah, exactly. And now <laughs> this, this, oh my god, this wait is killing me. I'm yeah. ten years now. In the meantime, there's him jumping naked on the trampoline. Yeah, oh, there's all kinds of. Look at me not writing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's actually a big contentious point among his fans as to how much can we actually demand from somebody who's writing books at his own pace. Right. 
Just got to go with the guy with a faster pace, which is why what I'm looking forward to <laughs> most is the next really big uh, Brandon Sanderson book. Because, like, he's going to come out with, like, four or five this year. But the series of his that is, like, his magnum opus he's been working on since, like, he was 17, he's done the first two books in. And the thing about Sanderson is he's a magic systems guy and he's an awesome action scenes guy. So every single book is going to have great fight scenes that are vivid and a completely unique and different system of magic for that Jesus. world. Hmm. This guy got Asperger's or something? How's he? I, I don't know. Putting out so much good shit. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, Stephen King <clears throat> is prolific, but not everything he puts out is gold. Let's be honest. And it started right. out with before he finished the Robert Jordan cycle, he had a huge backlog of stuff that no one would publish. But now it's just gotten to he's been known as the dude who puts all all these books and he writes fast. And that's a, that's just cha-ching to any publisher. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the uh, Way of Kings was the first book. I'm trying to remember the name of... Uh, his magnum opus it's kind of like everyone calls uh game of thrones uh song of ice and fire game of thrones i am blanking on the action the stormlight archive uh okay. the third stormlight archive book when it comes out by brandon sanderson i am all about it nice joel how about you anything you got looking forward to uh nope can't say that i since i haven't been reading much i don't keep on top of that and since all the authors i were, was reading are Pretty much dead. Although I did hear that um, Tom Robinson, who wrote uh, Still Life for Woodpecker, has a book coming out. And that's one of my all-time favorite books. Great read. And Guilty Pleasure book coming out this year, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll... Oh, the one where he's a father? Yeah. And his son is trying to... And one thing I like about it is where his son is trying to live up to being Harry Potter's kid. Yeah, that's that's not a guilty pleasure for me at all. Our, we've got our complete set of Harry Potter yeah. displayed proudly. Yeah, I, yeah, I've got all the Harry Potter books too. I do I've too. And you, okay, you know what? Here's I'm going to toss something out. There's something that drives me nuts. We get the books, we get them in in hardcover. Now this is going to probably make Pat flip out. <laughs> Suzanne reads them and she takes off the slip covers. What? Why? And, why? And we have I have. My books that don't have slip covers anymore because why they, I don't know. <laughs> you know. This is a point of contention for me. Yes, yeah. So. I actually one I lost a slip cover to one of my hardcovers of my uh, <sighs> Song of Ice and Fire series, and that is just killing me. Uh, I got. I gotta admit, I I do that. What you throw the slip what? covers out? I I. I are you i just for some reason it bugs me that there's this weird opening when i've got the book all the way open and there's this weird flappy thing like i'll take it off and i'll put it to the side and it's not as big a deal for me because i chew through books pretty fast i mean i take them off when i read the books but i keep them to the side and i put them back on when i'm done with it oh and usually i'll do that too but sometimes it'll just be like i'll throw the dust jacket out if it doesn't have awesome art because dust jackets bug me oh see because oh. if it gets i can't i gotta take it off because if it gets torn in any way i can't put it up on the bookshelf so you gotta take care of them i mean every one of my books i've read but they look all pristine i don't even bend the spine when i read them oh geez dude i've got strip editions from uh bookstores that uh, somebody threw out but i knew someone who worked there you know when they strip mm -hmm. the front rip right. the front cover yep. off yep yeah i've got those on my shelves oh no, no. they do no. no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a fuckload of shelves and they're usually like stacked 
three deep and two high. Yeah. And the two OCD guys immediately, no, no. <laughs> No, it's like my movies. I, I gotta have the slipcase on the movie. I prefer it if it has it on there. But oh, I don't like slipcases on the movies. No, I get rid of those. It's the same concept, though. I just I can't, and, and it's gotta look pristine. So I get it. And I, I talking about getting rid of slipcases. That would yeah, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, you've seen well, you've seen the the uh, bookcases I have in my living room. So yeah. which yeah. I'll tell you when another thing borders. I'm kind of sad that you're gone. But I got a sweet bookcase now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah your bookcase is pretty awesome. Oh man. You know, and then being able to figure out that when we measured it out, that we can actually have a 15 feet long and 8 feet high bookcase. That was, oh, of course, one of them's all full of video games, but that's beside the point. Still cool as hell, man. Yeah, but, it's yeah. very cool. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I I like my books to look nice. I like my, because, you know, part of it's the art. I guess, Joel, maybe you can identify with this. Part of it is the artist in me, especially if there's a really good illustration on the cover. You know, my thing's like somebody took a lot of time to make that. <laughs> you know, it's that's a good picture. You know, the, like the Harry Potter books or like the original stand that has the uh, the guy with the um, almost looks like a uh, the doctors that have like the bird mask. The plague. Yeah, plague it looks doctors? like a, the plague yeah, doctor plague. with the scythe and the guy with the sword fighting on the front. You know, that sort of like really cool images. And, you know, I really I like that. I want to have that coolness on there not just like blue 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 is neat yeah but sometimes they'll make the pictures on the side that will match up so when you get the whole series you have like one continuous picture or something like that i've bought books because of the cover oh yeah yeah definitely yeah oh yeah i mean it's just it's just like you know just like look you know getting looking at a movie and liking it because you like the poster and that sort of thing so but yeah so i still reading still putting more books on the shelves have you ever bought a book that you already had? No, since I, I wasn't. Think so, yeah. Yeah, I've done that a couple times. But I think that was more garage sale or bought a random box of books. Yeah, and I've yeah, certainly that, bought that's been definitely. But yeah. I've never like bought one that I already owned because I have a pretty good idea of what I have. Unless, like he said, you buy a big box of them. It's also rough uh, when you combine book collections. Like Sarah and I combine book collections, and I sometimes had two copies of something and she had one so there are books that there are three or four copies floating around in this house mm -hmm. that's why i always mark everything i have that's mine with a hammer i actually have one of those stamps <laughs> like you know when you open up a book and it's got the uh, little circle in there that says from the library of yep. yeah i've got one of those i've got like i use a little uh little sticker and i put it in the corner of everything i own nice all right so what else we got guys we got any uh Anything else for the book and reading show? I love books. I love books, too. I love the yeah. smell of books. Or books. I, I don't care about how they smell. But that's because I'm a Kindle guy. And I, I think for me, it was really, I could carry these 12 books into my car, or I can have this <laughs> one device that has 300 books on it. Mm -hmm. It's It's incredibly convenient for you in your life. Sure. Yeah. And especially like I couldn't read books on a shiny screen. Like I had a very difficult time reading on my phone or reading on a computer screen when I got the just straight up uh, black and white Kindle where the words are actually created by ink that uh, I don't completely understand the process well enough to explain it. But the books are the words on the page are actually made with real ink. 
yeah that the, is convinced to stay in the word shape by an electrical charge the e ink hmm. it's called yes yeah. and uh i found that when i was looking at the e ink on this matte screen my problems evaporated with reading something on a screen Mm-hmm. Maybe I should check that out. Yeah, I could not read on like a Kindle Fire or any of the like Nook, the ones with the backlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I've a... tried reading on my phone and I just don't enjoy it. I, it yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Like the uh, I think the Paperwhite is similar to the one I've got. I've got an old school like second second generation Kindle. Okay, yeah, that's that's what Paperwhite is similar to. Yeah. So uh, there you go. There is the reading show, and next week. We have picked a person that has played a big part in our lives. Is that a good a good way to put it? A bigger part in your life than I think the rest of ours. But uh, he's been a oh. prolific actor. Yes. Tomorrow, uh, next week, the John Cusack show. Yeah, John Cusack has always kind of been like, if anyone asked me, like, what's one of Mike's biggest actors? I would have said John Cusack. And, <laughs> and you would be right. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to look at his career all the way back from the early days of doing 80s comedies to stuff as new as Chirac. Yeah. Chirac just uh, showed up on um, on Netflix. So, Oh, yeah. Amazon Prime. So that, that, Amazon. that came out last week, last uh, year. And then the week after that, we're doing The Prisoner. No. Uh, no, no, we're not. Trying. We're not going to say we're doing yet, but we're not doing The Prisoner. Not yet. We've got a lot of good stuff planned. That's right. It only took us 120 some episodes, and we are planning things. Yeah. So, but yeah. If you'd like to listen to our shows before we bothered to plan shit, uh, <laughs> you can always check out our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher, and the entire archives are up on Talkshoe, and coming soon will be on Google Podcasts. That's the European Stitcher, Stitcher, Stitcher. <laughs> That's a Stitcher after Josh has had a couple of beers. Right on. So, uh, yeah, and if you have any ideas, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Books. Hello, books. Delicious. No, I think you may be reading them wrong. <laughs> oh, I thought you said eating books. They all did it on the murder of the Orient Express. Oh, you uh. dick, you ruined it. It's like when my dad told me he worked for the CID, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, but I can't talk about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> or like when my dad told me that he wasn't my father. Why would you look like him in the mirror? <laughs>